Guilt, where we explore Oscar-winning actors and the terrible films they'd rather forget. I am your host, Michelle, the tiny gay hotel owner. Who you took my Toby Jones. I was going to use Toby Jones. the D, jumping into a swimming pool. Uh, well, then I'm the cab driver who hails passengers. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah. Uh, so this is our Anne Hathaway episode. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I feel like everybody sort of loves to hate, uh, to hate Anne Hathaway. And I, I like Anne Hathaway. I like I think Anne she Hathaway. brings her A game all the time to every single movie, every, presumably every commercial, every play, every ballet recital she whatever she's hog. doing she's br- she brings it she's and so she committed. buys in for sure and she can be yeah. a delight to watch on screen sometimes and sometimes it's just not really her fault right she's a good actress she really does try i think people resent her for trying so hard yeah uh like she brings she has such strong theater kid energy That's and true. not not everybody loves theater kid energy <laughs> speaking from experience <laughs> Yeah, like, I mean, Les Mis understandably took a lot of heat, but, like, mm-hmm. Anne Hathaway mm-hmm. was a scene stealer in that one. She Yeah, that wasn't her fault. That movie sucked. She, but that, that, yeah. was, that was Russell Crowe's fault, oh, to be fair. It was absolutely Russell Crowe's fault. But, yeah, she can, she can bring it. She can bring her A-game. I would argue she was one of the better parts of that movie, at least that one song. And then there's things like Bride Wars. She loves a shitty rom-com. It's yep. kind of her, her meat and potatoes. Mm-hmm. But uh, those are yeah, what Devil they Wears are. Yeah, Devil Wears Prada, great. She's really yeah. good in Brokeback Mountain. Uh-huh. Uh, she's good in, what, Dark Knight Rises. Like, she's she is a quality actress. And as a celebrity, I think some people just find her, like, grating. And that's not fair to her. There's a lot of misogyny wrapped up in that. That's true. But I also get it. But I get it. I mean, I <laughs> yeah. do get it. It's kind of like when you have like a really overbearing, dorky person at a party and they are super well-meaning and doing the best they can, but you don't maybe want to listen to all the stories that they're going to tell you that night. Yeah, yeah. And Hathaway has like hand raised at every question in class energy. That is the perfect way to describe Anne Hathaway's energy. And it's like, yes, she is participating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she cares so hard. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's that we don't like what it says about us, that we don't <laughs> care as much as Anne Hathaway does about anything. Yeah, and I mean, it's like, history shows, it's characteristically, it's never cool to care about anything. Right, Or right. at least you care too much about cool everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's that nonchalant attitude that she lacks that maybe is what makes people kind of bite back, but... She's a sweetie pie, and she certainly yeah. is a uh, hardworking actress who can be in a good movie. This just wasn't it. Yeah. This was one of those movies that definitely felt like they were making a good movie as they were doing it, right? Yeah, like, yeah. they were convinced they were making something good. And it seems like at the end, they just sort of realized as they were cutting it together that it wasn't, and it was the it was a fucking stacked netflix movie yeah man 
many Oscar winners and Oscar nominees in this, and I didn't know it existed. I didn't know it existed either. I knew that there was, I had perused her I'm, or her Rotten Tomatoes profile to see what her lowest rated movies were. I was not aware that this existed. I knew nothing about the book that it was based on. Like all of it was foreign to me and start, until I started dipping in. But yeah, man, like star-studded cast, acclaimed director, just like a couple years before done a good movie. And then and then just, uh, just a lot of cuckoo yeah. writing. The Last Thing He Wanted is the name of this the movie. Last thing it came he out wanted. last year. And it's it's bar- it's so buried on Netflix yeah. that none of the actors' pictures are on the film cover for the movie. <laughs> it's just like a pile of guns. <laughs> that actually was the alternate title for this movie though. <laughs> a pile of guns. Yeah. Uh, yeah, based on a Joan Didion um book from 1996 that was by all accounts a very good book that was extremely sure was. unadaptable like i read an article I saying guess. it was possibly the most unadaptable book which totally <laughs> checks out because mm-hmm. you know it didn't uh didn't garner more than five percent on rotten tomatoes Whew. it's hard to track as a narrative film but before we get to that let's, yeah, talk, let's about just talk about our girl the internet movie database and anne hathaway can I take a stab in the dark at what her characteristic might be? Yeah, sure. Let's go. Her trademark? Because, she has two. Because I feel like... I mean, it's got to either be voluptuous or it's got to be tall and thin. And in this case, I'm going to go with that she's tall and thin. So th- she is an interesting Hollywood actress in that neither of her trademarks are about her body below her face. No, Really? Yeah, huh. uh, she her trademarks are vibrant brown doe eyes. That's true. It's I true. agree with that. And this is sort of Pacino-y. Often plays free-spirited women who attempt to remain independent but have difficulty doing so. Huh, what? Often plays, <laughs> so this is not all the time, often plays okay. free-spirited women Let's modify that. Yeah. Who attempt to remain independent. <laughs> Let's modify that, but have difficulty doing so. But only sometimes. Yeah. Is her like trademark. She is, every now and then, her trademark <laughs> is that she sometimes plays free-spirited women who do try to be independent, but they they can't really. It, what the fuck what are it, you talking about? What it feels IMDb? like is like a drunk person at a dinner party trying to make a bold statement, but then everyone starts giving them the side eye, and so they're walking back every part of the qualifier. Mm-hmm. Oh, but uh, that's <laughs> right, sometimes. Yeah, but... And also, tries to, tries to, but just, just stay with me. I, yeah. I'm just, I'm not, I'm not saying she always does. I'm yeah. saying that sometimes, sometimes her free spirits kind of want to free, but they, they sometimes they can't, and that's, and that's the main thing about her. What? <laughs> Oh, trademark, trademark. Yeah, yep. TM, TM, TM. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, so I've got some trivia for you. Okay. Uh, she was born at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. <laughs> uh, I'm going to read you each. There's a lot, and I'm going to stop after each of them, and i tell you when I move to the next one. Okay. She befriended Emily Blunt on the set of Devil Wears Prada. They are fast friends now. Emily calls Anne her rock. Next trivia. Great. Favorite actors are Joaquin Phoenix and Ray Fiennes. Okay. Next trivia. Is a huge fan of Judy Garland, Audrey Hepburn, and Meryl Streep. Next trivia. Right. Greatly admires Ryan Gosling and Bryce Dallas Howard. Next trivia. Friends with Jake Gyllenhaal, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, <laughs> and Bradley Cooper. Next trivia. Is good friends with Les Miserables co-star Hugh Jackman. Uh, 
<laughs> Next trivia. Johnny Depp is one of her favorite actors. She worked with him on Alice in Wonderland and Alice Through the Looking Glass. No, Next trivia. No. Considers Michelle Pfeiffer to be one of her influences. She would go on to portray Pfeiffer's most iconic role, Selena Kyle, in The Dark Knight Rises. Next trivia. <laughs> Childhood celebrity crush was Leonardo DiCaprio. So is she Hollywood's just best friend? <laughs> she's just a real social butterfly. She's fans of a lot of people. She's friends with a lot of people. What I'm gathering uh, is if she's in a movie or sees a movie with any actor, that that person mm-hmm. becomes either her idol or her BFF. It's very noteworthy, yes. Yes, definitely. Uh, so this is almost like that, but it's different enough that I'm going to call it out. This is a single lot. This what is this? Is seven words yeah. that are a line of internet movie database trivia about Anne Hathaway. Right. LL Cool J <laughs> called Anne Hathaway stunning. <laughs> you had me at LL Cool J. <laughs> You want there to be more to that trivia, right? So that it's something worth writing about. But no. And also, at some point. <laughs> well, I think what it... It's just that so many people must have called her that over the course of her time on red carpets and starring in films. And Right. Yet, why, and did, yet. why did Cool James... <laughs> Why did Cool James get to decide? Cool James, who the ladies do love, made the headline on IMDb. And I'm just curious if it's a LL Cool J fan or just Cool J himself up in the mix. What Do you like that he filled out the quote? Yeah, why not? Uh, I'm going to search, does hip... Uh, okay, his, his trivia brings up Anne Hathaway three times. What? Uh, no. I'm just going down what? the rabbit hole. No. <laughs> When Anne Hathaway was a guest on Lip Sync Battle, she said she wanted to hug Cool J. Uh, Neat. <laughs> about Anne Hathaway and Emily Blunt, tonight, two of the biggest, most powerful stars of the big screen face off in a Devil Wears Prada reunion battle. Next quote, Anne Hathaway, stunning. So this is from Rap Battle. So this is from uh, that Rap Battle TV show. Okay. Which I've never watched. I've never seen that. And the Lip Sync Battle, is that the Chrissy Teigen joint? It must be. Okay. I, I there's a rap battle or, or a lip sync battle. One of those. One of those. But, but he, so he called her stunning okay. on that show. And then a, fa- a fanatic of either LL Cool J or Anne Hathaway raced to the Internet Movie Database. We have to, we have to record this important moment in Hollywood history. How far up on the chain is this one in terms of trivia? Like, do people upvote it? Is that how this works? I mean, you can add whatever the fuck you want Hell to yeah. TV trivia. Uh, I'm just pulling the good ones. There's a bunch of ones that are like actual trivia. But who cares? I'd love to uh, go through different artists and just only only contribute LL Cool J adjacent trivia. Just just <laughs> anything he said about anyone. Let's tr- make sure that that does not go unnoticed. LL Cool Facts. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, she was five months pregnant with her son, Jonathan, when she completed filming Colossal. She returned to work seven months after giving birth to her son, Jonathan, to begin filming Ocean's 8. And was five months pregnant with her son, Jack, when she completed filming on The Witches. Why do we have to do this every time? Every time. Just what's every going time. on? What's up inside that baby box? Every The people are begging I, to know. Every, every goddamn time. Everyone needs to uh, know. Uterus updates. So I have one last... Uh, trivia that I think is actually sort of interesting trivia. Okay. 
It is also funny, I believe. Uh, she was scheduled for the lead role in Knocked Up. Interesting on its own. Huh. But dropped out due to creative differences. Wow. Uh, yeah, which is fair. I think, like, there are some reasons to drop out over creative differences with Knocked Up. Do you want to guess what her objection was? Oh. Um, God, it's been so long since I've seen Knocked Up. I'm trying to... I mean... I don't have a clue. In an interview, she revealed that she objected to Judd Apatow's plan to use footage of a real birth. Wait. What? Uh, I agree. (laughs) In an interview, she revealed that she objected to Judd Apatow's plan to use footage of a real birth. Okay. Why? Why? What? In a movie that's entirely about About giving birth and pregnancy. I don't understand. (laughs) It's not going to be her birth. I, I don't know. Um, well, I mean, she's she's clearly quite pregnant when she's filming all these movies. So conceivably, right, she was. <laughs> I guess. What a weird uh, fucking. That is um, an interesting objection. Yeah. It's did it, not did what she I would have say expected. why? Not according to the Internet Movie Database. But, you know, these these are not deeply researched trivia items I no believe. it's like it's it seems it's more like when you see her on lip sync battle and you run to the web page <laughs> to update it with what ll said yeah yeah it's a lot of sound bites taken out of context so who knows what was going on but that's funny man lip sync battle huh that's yeah, I, that's I, like I, it I, seems like that's like a good chunk of that trivia about L. Cool J is his interaction with uh, Anne Hathaway on Lip Sync Battle. Yeah, But I, I guess agree. he it hasn't like been up to much lately. Not a ton. Not a ton not of a work ton. these days. Oh, Anne. Anne, Anne, the, Anne. There is there is a quote. I just started going to the quotes because mm-hmm. I didn't expect there to be hmm... Okay, she's probably trying to be funny with this quote. I'm going to give her... Okay. Okay. On performing love scenes with Steve Carell in Get Smart, 2008. Yeah. Making out with him is like the yummiest lollipop. (laughs) Dipped in sunshine and wrapped around in a masculine wrapper. (laughs) What? (laughs) And... And I don't. And and if you were gonna say the first part, you didn't have to any of it. But the fact that you like, was she too worried that she was infantilizing him by saying that he was a yummy yummy lollipop? So then she had to say that he was wrapped in a man (laughs) wrapper, hairy chested lollipop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big beard, big beard. I feel like Steve Carell couldn't have loved hearing that. Maybe, maybe not. I mean, I I don't know. Very confusing thing to say. Doubt, I doubt it. Yeah, the I manliest don't... rapper. What is the manliest rapper? Who's the manliest rapper? So not LL Cool J. <laughs> I mean, at this point, LL Cool J should be a little bit bummed out because it turns out it was Steve Carell all along. Right. So who's the manliest job. W rapper? Yeah. I mean, Batista. Maybe? <laughs> yeah, maybe. Dave Bautista's a pretty manly rapper. <laughs> manly rapper. <laughs> uh, uh, 
What a thing to say. I mean, it must be kind of fun being a celebrity and just like saying whatever the fuck about whoever you want. And then knowing whatever it's going to get someone's writing it down. Someone's writing yeah. it all down. It's not just your Twitter account. It's your mouth words just out there in the world. I bet that was more fun like five years ago. Oh, yeah. Oh, five God. to ten years oh, ago. God. That was much more fun. <laughs> yeah. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So let's talk about the last thing he wanted. A title that is never explained in the least by this movie in any way, shape, or form. Oh, my God. It feels like it should be the thing that matters a lot because it's a very enigmatic title that seems like Mm -hmm. it could go one of two ways and you got to figure out how they meant it. Right, right. And it turns out no one gives a fuck at all. It's not even clear who he is. Yeah. Is he... Okay. This is one of those, like, political thrillers, Mm -hmm. uh, conspiracy, like, revolution, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. 1980s post-revolution, like, Contra, Nicaragua. Yeah, it's a wrong Contra. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so the backdrop is, yeah, like, Reagan's running for re-election, Contra being funded in Nicaragua, and that's what she's reporting on. She is a hard-hitting reporter who is doggedly chasing down leads and uh, South America, Central America. Mm -hmm. And... And we... We're introduced to her with, like, I guess, yeah, she's running around Central and South America, and then, like, she's writing something. And we get the most inscrutable voiceover I have ever heard. That thing goes on for no fewer than, like, 30,000 minutes. It's the longest voiceover to start a movie. And I turned closed captioning on because I realized that I was just happily tuning it out and sort of uh-huh. and I like looked away from the screen. My body was trying to pull itself out of the movie. Like, no no no. It, it only just started tether yourself to reality. I I rewound and wrote it down. Did I you? rewound like four times wrote it down because I wanted to tell people this just to like hear have them hear the doo-doo nonsense that we heard because you're not gonna watch this movie. No one watched this movie uh, either. No, it's, it's super not, boring and bad. It's super boring. Uh Okay, I'm just going to do it. Forgive me. For a while, we thought time was money. Find the time, the money comes with it. Moving fast, get the big suite, the multi-line telephones, room service on one, valet on two, download all data, uplink Prague, get some conference calls going, sell Allied Signal, buy Cypress Minerals, work the management plays, plug into the news cycle, get the wires raw, Nod out on the noise. Somewhere in the nod, we were dropping cargo. Somewhere in the nod, we were losing infrastructure, losing redundant systems, losing specific gravity. Weightlessness seemed at the time the safer mode. Weightlessness seemed at the time the mode where we could both beat the mode and the affect itself. What are you talking about, Anne? I just what listened to slam poetry and this? I want to die. I feel like what I just got to drop that? a running baseline underneath everything you just said. It's, it's a fucking word association game. It's Tarzan swinging from vine to vine, coming up with the next like news jargon that he could pull off the top of his head. It's insane. Who's that for? Like, I guess it must be something from the book. They decided like this is really good writing, and maybe on the page that works. But I don't even know if it does. I mean, I feel like 
part of what, from what I understand, what the book was like is that the beginning is kind of like this disjointed, uh, like, brain in a fog, disenchanted reporter dealing with her reality kind of backdrop. So you, like, meet who she is, meet who this character is, Mm, and it's all... So, I mean, maybe that kind of writing came out of the book and it makes sense because it's just like bah, da, 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 da. but it's still fucking it's so stupid if you're supposed to be like point taken mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. It's, it's a word it's salad. also like Anne's doing her best in this she's really she's oh, she's she, giving it her all she sure is. but like that does the like her on her last legs does not come through like she no. she feels sweaty I'll give her that. I did notice how... She's very sweaty. I mean, they filmed this movie in Puerto Rico, and it must have been so genuinely sweaty. Every moment looks sweaty. Mm -hmm. Like, I get it. I mean, game recognized game. I tend to err on the side of sweaty when introduced to a human human environment, so no judgment here, but... Yeah, she she glistens in this movie, and not in a good way. No, no. She's... But, like, she comes across as basically competent and like with her feet on the ground yeah and that is apparently not like the the plot seems to suggest that that's not what's happening to her but like yeah she maybe it's just like Anne Hathaway kind of can't come across as anything other than competent I Uh, feel like what happened because they do this thing in the movie where they actually have all this interesting backstory for her but they pepper it in incredibly casually and give her no character development almost at all so like you know in the room when Mm -hmm. the mom enters and she briefly says like well it's official (laughs) I definitely have breast cancer and then like two more lines and then I've gotta go that's Mm -hmm. what all of her backstory feels like in this movie 100% and is like she does actually have apparently has had breast cancer prior to this storyline and they throw it in as a throwaway line and then there's like one scene later where you can see that she's like got one had a mastectomy yeah has yeah. had a single mastectomy and that that's just kind of there like oh don't forget but also don't know anything about who this person is prior to her being obsessed with just reporting quote unquote she's not doing a hell of a lot of reporting she's mainly just chasing people around and trying to take photos yeah she's doing more badgering than reporting which maybe that's what reporting is uh and and i don't see her write anything down once only when she's giving her crazy monologue that's true at the very beginning yeah uh no rosie perez does most of the writing yeah rosie perez is in this movie she's fine she's She's good she's She's like yeah she's like both in a lot of it and barely in it, mm-hmm. which is like how I describe most people in this movie. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Except for Willem Dafoe, who's barely in it, but like very in Oh, it. yeah. He's extremely uh, in it when he's in it. Yeah. He, so so her mom, her mother has just died, which we learned like midway through or early on, but it, it doesn't matter. She just went to a funeral uh, and that's when. She went to a funeral. Yeah. She meets Willem Dafoe, who is her dad. Right. Her estranged father, yeah. who was an. Like, a a demented arms dealer? Alcoholic? Homophobe? Yeah, it seems like he's always got some kind of fire in the oven. And this particular... I mean, she asks, what is it this time? And he says, the same as it ever was. So I imagine that he's been arms dealing since Jump Street. But, like, it kind of sounds like he's just a general, like, standard-issue sleazebag. What's, What's wild to me is that he's an arms dealer who lives in a hovel. Which is, like, I don't... 
I, I've never actually met an arms dealer. Yeah. But movies have suggested to me, and some common sense, uh-huh. that like to be an arms dealer, you need some basic capital to acquire <laughs> arms to then deal them. And like, he... He does not live in a context that would suggest the ability no. to acquire arms to deal them elsewhere. Yeah, he seems like a small-time, like, crook. But every other movie ever is, like, guy in a white suit living in an expansive palace in Havana. Exactly. And he's exactly. just, like... It's like it's Jonah Hill and the kid from the drums movie <laughs> buying and selling yeah. arms. Like, that's, that's how that works, yeah. right? But he, yeah... Miles Teller, that's the kid from the drums. Totally. Movie. So he's like, he's very, very homophobic. It's one of his only character traits. And like, I thought it was super funny. <laughs> so randomly. So randomly, like, I guess like 80s, right? <laughs> but he's, so like, he calls her up at work and badgers his, badgers Anne Hathaway into meeting up with him. She doesn't want to meet him. He sets a time. He names the place. And mm-hmm. he picks a gay bar, I assume. It seems like a gay bar. He refers to it as a sissy bar. And then he won't stop talking about how every single part of it is queer and uses the F slur. And it's just all like, ah, gay, gay, gay. But like, there's just so many other bars. There's just so many other bars and you picked the bar. It's either a gay bar or it's just a bar. And there's just two men in suits talking to each other. Yeah. Who he's decided are gay. Yeah. Those are the two options. Because the other thing he says is like... Um, yeah, yeah, he's, he's really fixated on those two guys, just two men talking at a table. They're just talking about DC nonsense. But then he, like, applies the, the gayness of it all to everything, and he, like, mm-hmm. pulls out, like, the, the nut mix that they give you, like, bar mix. <laughs> he's like, ah, break out the almonds, pal, leave the cereal for the queers. Like, who wrote that down? What? Who wrote that down? <laughs> I do love the shot of Willem Dafoe just flicking checks across the yeah. bar. <laughs> Uh, yeah, not a likable guy. Um, so as you can imagine, her having almost no contact with him, she has to catch him up on the fact that she got a divorce, beat breast cancer, moved across the country and had all these major career moves. And he does not bat an eye. Um, but then she rearranges his whole life to start doing illegal shit for him. Yeah, that's that's the big jumping off point for me of like, this movie makes absolutely zero fucking sense. No is sense. That they, They go out of their way to show that Anne Hathaway does not want anything to do with Willem Dafoe, would like, would would prefer to not see him. And then, like, he has a stroke or some shit. He's like, okay, well, I'll do your drugs for guns deal then for you. Yeah, he starts to, like, develop some kind of Alzheimer's or something's going on with his memory that makes him slightly incapacitated. And then she's like, let me go to the ends of the earth to get shot down in, like, a Costa Rican airport because you Mm -hmm. asked me Mm -hmm. one time under duress. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, like, neither of the motivations make sense there, right? Like, one of them is that he's sending his only daughter to do a drugs-for-arms deal with fucking Sandinistas. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And and the other is that she's going to do a drugs-for-arms deal for Sandinistas for her father that she hasn't seen in, like, decades. Yeah. Uh, who clearly doesn't know what's going on. Yeah, right? like, like she does it sort of ostensibly because he insists that she does it, but he also she also keeps forgetting that her mom is dead. Like he's clearly oh, yeah. not with it. Yeah, he's not with it. He's not a reliable source of information. So then she's like in the same room as him, but like negotiating with this other guy who's walking her through the paces who also only kind of knows what's going on. This movie feels like they probably it just needs to move 
and I dare I say slower. (laughs) (laughs) I hate to say it because this movie is so boring, but it just jumps around from location to location, especially towards Mm -hmm. the end where you're just like, I, okay, but like, I don't give a shit like about any of these people. I kind of care about her daughter who's about to be like stuck off at boarding school with maybe a dead mom. It's yep. about all yep. I care about. Uh, ben Affleck is also in this movie. Ben Affleck is in this movie, sort of. I mean, he's present in this movie. He contributes to the plot, but like he is, he just fades into the background even when he's the only person on screen. He could not be less interesting in this movie. No, he looks like... I mean, and it was, it's 2017 Ben Affleck. He's looking real, real alcohol-faced and real just, mm-hmm. like, real wooden in every scene. I don't think his face moves at all. <laughs> Once. Yeah, he's, he's state puffy. Yeah, state puffy's a good way to put it. He's got a government suit, and he just kind of is propped up in various locations holding a glass of whiskey. Yeah. Talking to reporters off the record. It doesn't matter. Uh, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Why does he go out of his way to chat so much about things that clearly don't benefit anyone I, to chat about? And then he won't let them actually quote him? It's very weird. Uh, and at some point, he, like, makes an argument to this cabinet secretary that they should use Anne Hathaway as a justification for funding the Contras. And, like, that. Is never explained, never returned to, never makes any sense in context. They really want to ratchet up the fact that, like, right at the beginning, that she is so important that she could influence, like, U.S. politics in Central America as just a single reporter. Like, she's a huge threat, and they're all really worried about her and controlling what happens to her. It's like, it's... Right, so they... So they take her off of the, they like close that whole shop in Latin America and send her on the political, like Ronald Reagan reelect beat. Yeah. And there is this moment when they do that, that she boards a plane and the campaign is like, like a Beastie Boys frat party. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is not a part of the plot. It never happens again. No. But she sits down on the plane, is eating an apple, while this, like, 400 men in various suits of undress are, like, throwing spit wads back and forth at each other, like, ripping off their shirts and doing upside-down bong rips. Like, Yeah, it's like it's... Sugar Hill Gang playing while everybody's just <laughs> fucking partying and sending it on this commercial flight. It doesn't... The the movie never has, like, a party tone to it again. It's not like boys club, nope. right? And she's just, like, one woman trying to make her way. It's really just that one fucking weird scene. You never meet another reporter other than Rosie Perez. Like, that's not no. part of the plot. No, you never meet another reporter. And, like, Anne Hathaway only sort of kind of counts as a reporter. They tell you that she is one. But she is mostly just experiencing life in different locations. And she's kind of just an arms dealer. Yeah, so I am I am not 100% convinced that she is a reporter. I will return to that. Uh, <laughs> but I want to return to it at the end. Yeah, I think she's James Bond. But Okay, all right, then let's do this now. <laughs> she, is ab- she is absolutely 100% a born style yeah. super spy in a fugue state. Like, Dude, no fucking question. She's like a sleeper let's... agent. She's suddenly like doing fucking parkour and commandeering vehicles at gunpoint. So she's able to, like, endear herself to cabinet secretaries' wives to get close to them. Yes. That happens. Yep. She has excellent firearm skills. Yes. Who knows how. She's able to disarm 
intelligence officers in the field while like a passenger in their car. Yes. She has in-depth knowledge of random back roads in random Central American countries. Oh my God. Yeah, she does. <laughs> she, she sleeps standing up. What? She sleeps what do you mean? standing what do you up mean? in this movie. So when she's in the hotel in Costa Rica, yeah. she is standing when the sun goes down and she's standing still with her eyes closed and the sun comes back up. She sleeps standing up. She has a surprisingly close connection to Ben Affleck, an intelligence officer. Yeah, she does. And she has, she has night vision and an incredible photographic memory because she sees this Bob Weir guy. Oh, uh, yeah, and then she all of a sudden remembers him like, from when she was like a teenage girl, right? Like there's a flashback yeah. to her being like 13. And she sees him in pitch black. Like, oh my God. She is, she's an actual super spy. And, spoiler alert, she gets shot at the end and you see her like falling infinitely off this cliff into the water, which, by the way, is the beginning of Skyfall. <laughs> That shot is so funny because, like, yeah, she gets shot by Ben Affleck's character um, and then she falls backwards off a cliff and you get a little bit of a slow motion shot at first and it seems a little ridiculous. It goes on for, like, three or four seconds and it's kind of like, haha, it's a little Mm -hmm. bit. That doesn't fit the, like, erratic editing style of the rest of this movie. And then other stuff happens and they cut back to it on voiceover, under voiceover, and it's this long-ass, like, wide shot of her just falling for like 30 seconds yeah stories very funny it's very like dream state doesn't belong in this movie and apparently it uh caused quite a bit of laughter when it premiered at sundance (laughs) because like how could you not and just the rest of the movie is like bam 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 guns and cars and guns and cars and then just slow motion poetic shot of someone slowly Mm -hmm. falling into the sea and then fade to black yeah, I don't believe that she's killed in this movie. I believe that she... That actually is the beginning gets... of the next movie. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> totally. The There's first a... thing he wanted. Yeah. The next thing the he next wanted. The next thing he wanted. There's a line in this movie, and I, I had to... I don't remember where this happens, but she said, Do you ever see a monkey drive? Buckle up. Oh, my God. It's going to be oh bananas. God. Oh, my God. No, no, no. You've, you, you, you didn't get the full quote. She asks a general who's steering the ship. He says, steering, you let a monkey drive your car, you call that steering? Hell no. You want to see a monkey drive? Buckle up. Follow the bananas. Oh, that's even better. Oh, man. It's way better. I wrote it down. Well, I wrote it down because it popped up in a review I was reading. And I thought that that was from the scene where she commandeers uh, that French guy's vehicle and holds him at gunpoint. But now it's even worse than that. No. There are a couple of fucking top-notch crazy metaphors in this movie. There's also a moment where uh, there's this cabinet secretary who's played by an actor I've never seen before and will never see again. Yeah. Uh, he's eating with Ben Affleck and he's like talking about how Ben Affleck is like going to be the president someday or something. It's not yeah. entirely clear. Yeah. Uh, and they're, they're both eating, eating apple pie. Mm-hmm. And, and he says, just remember, you, me, Burquist, different character, we're all having the same dish. Right. But you'd be better off using a spoon. <laughs> Scrape down the sides. No remainders. Nothing missed. What? What does it mean? What does it mean? Who does the metaphors for this movie? I don't know. The The writing is all over the place. It's, it's really like, it's trying to be overly mysterious. 
Mm-hmm. And then, and lots of jargon, because you hear at the beginning of the movie. And then there's just these weird little moments that are either, like, goofy, but they're trying to be, like, gritty, like, uh, it's going to be bananas. Or it's just fucking bananas, like, uh, like poetry, metaphors, weird shit. It's so uneven. It's so weird. And this movie was it, um, co-written by the director. So, like, stamp of approval. Huh. Yeah, what's her name? D. D. Reese. D. Reese. Yeah. D. Reese. What did she do? She did Mudbound, that one about. Uh, oh, interesting. Yeah. yeah like, the sharecroppers. Mm-hmm. And then um, something else. What was it? It was like starts with a P. Pariah. Pariah. Yeah. Huh. But stuff that she, like, d- clearly a competent director, and then made this, but also wrote this. So this was like her adaptation, her baby. She co-wrote it with Weird. a guy named Marco Via Villalobos or something. I forget. Yep, that's right. Yeah. Uh, who also wrote? He did some other stuff. A bunch of shit I've never heard of. Seems, he only his like, writer's credit is only this. Oh, okay. Yeah, it seems like he mostly works in the Spanish-speaking film world, and, and yeah. then this. But yeah, she. <laughs> it's it's sort of like a huge bummer, but also not every writer needs to be a director, and vice versa. You don't totally. stay in your lane sometimes. Maybe maybe writing not your thing. Maybe adapting not so great. Yeah, m- m- yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, this book sounds like it was probably pretty hard to adapt, but also like, at what point do you just jump ship? It's the lowest rated movie on Netflix ever. <laughs> By, like literally, and if you look up the trivia on IMDb, there's like two things. One of which is very interesting to me, mm-hmm. and, the I, other, yeah. and the other is that it was the lowest rated thing on Netflix. It's so. This movie's not good. No, it's not. I mean, but it's not I train feel, wreck bad for the most. It, part. I feel like that is a little over harsh for. For the treatment of this movie, like I agree, it is bad. I would not watch it. I don't think anybody else should watch it. It is not nearly the worst thing we've watched. It's no. not the worst thing I've seen on Netflix. No, it's like yeah, totally. It's like in that thirtieth percentile Rotten Tomatoes, where you're like, should I? Shouldn't I? Cast is stacked. Plot seems convoluted. I might not like it. I'm not sure. Like definitely not full blown train wreck from the jump. It just is shitty, and it just is yeah. kind of a mess and really disjointed. But also, 5% on Rotten Tomatoes. it got released in a year where no movies got released. And I guess, I feel like that can go one of two ways, right? It could be like, well, nothing else came out, so it's not that bad. Or it's like, well, nothing else came out, and this pissed me off. Like, mm-hmm. like <laughs> pr- critics didn't have enough else on their plate. And so this one, you know when you haven't had, like, a lot of human interactions in, like, a given day or something, and then, like, the one person you run into just really gets your goat like really pisses you off someone cuts you off in traffic Mm -hmm. and you're like god damn it i feel like maybe that was the case like just not enough movies to like i don't know water down the pool and so this one just got under people's skin because five percent's a little bit harsh five percent is brutal like we've yeah we've watched some movies that are much worse like shadow boxer has higher than five percent oh my god uh I mean, is, like, I mean, literally, it's a low watermark for movies. Like, literally, the rooms is in like at least the teens. Like, <laughs> <laughs> movies that aren't movies rank higher than this movie. I didn't find the budget. Did you see that anywhere? No. Box office uh, obviously doesn't apply, so it doesn't super matter. Do well. I guess we should say like what the plot of is in this movie. Uh, yeah. I want to yeah. hear about your favorite part. So, like, she goes to. It's actually hard to explain the plot because the plot doesn't make any sense. Yeah. She she goes. Like, on this drug deal, 
then is like, you haven't given me enough drugs for this drug deal. Yeah. And goes, which is crazy on its own, goes with uh, this guy who ends up being a French secret agent, but you don't know that until the very end. Yeah. Uh, just walks right into his office and demands yeah. more drugs, which is just she, like a getting shot in the head move right away. It's wild. It's wild. <laughs> and she like drives around uh, the... I guess Costa Rica or Nicaragua. I'm not sure where she it's doesn't to be at even that point. know where she is for a while, but it, it is yeah, Costa Rica. She... Yeah, yeah. Uh, she she's then taken to this like black site run, run by Sandinistas. She gets out and is like a lone white woman starts just taking she's photographs taking of it, photos of dudes armed guards like yeah. aiming cameras then, right in their face. The worst thing that happens to her there is like a woman tells her to go away. Uh, she she then like yeah she. She then executes some secret agent moves, steals the gun from the French secret agent, yeah. drives the car to Costa Rica's to uh, San Jose, Costa Rica. Is in a hotel for a while, uh, sleeps standing up, goes <laughs> uh, like a horse. Goes to a, <laughs> like a horse. Goes to a different uh, Caribbean. Goes to a Caribbean island. I don't know how exactly. I guess she gets a fake passport. Oh, she gets shot at. There's like that happens first. That right? happens later. No, she she, she the gets the fake passport. Happens first. She gets the fake passport because that, she's taken to the airport by the cab driver who hails her. Right. Uh, <laughs> she she has the fake passport. The cab driver then tries to bring her a bag full of drugs and guns, and she's like, "I don't want this bag full of drugs and guns." Yeah. And goes for it, and then goes to a different Caribbean country where she meets up with Ben Affleck. Suddenly, finds out her dad's been killed. She is then they then try to assassinate her at this like. Caribbean resort. She's already she, slept with Ben Affleck at this point. She puts yes. her trust in just about anyone who will take take her. Everybody. Oh yeah. Let's let's actually pause here on the her fucking Ben Affleck. Yeah. Because uh, well, there's a lot, but she also like she clearly doesn't like Ben Affleck. She knows him and doesn't think that he's good. Yeah. Because that's correct. But then she like bears her whole soul to Ben Affleck. They spend a night. There's like soulful music playing in the background while she walks on the beach with him and tells him her like fucking life story and then they end up taking a roll in the sheets like it's, it's not afraid. there it's are not afraid. so many things yeah they she rolls hay in the sheets, rolls hay and, in the then sheets. They, and then they have sex <laughs> on the hay uh so she she explains she tries to explain to ben affleck and thus the viewers why she went on this crazy mission and her explanation just like much everything else in this movie muddies the waters more. She says, I was losing focus. I was losing momentum on Catherine, my daughter. And I knew that if I walked away from this drugs for guns mission, yes, I would just walk away from everything. I would just walk away. So, Anne, what you're telling me <laughs> is that you did an arms for drugs deal with Sandinistas so that you could get closer to your daughter closer to that daughter in boarding school this will help I, with that i'm sorry i i don't it's weird I because don't at the beginning understand. of the movie she's like you said got her shit together but then at the end of the movie they just hit you with she's a total mess her personal life is falling apart her daughter doesn't like her this she's a woman at the end of her rope who will do just about anything to hang on and that's just not the person who's in this movie. It's not who you meet in the movie. Not, no, it's, it's not, not her. It's never Anne Hathaway. It sort of just figure. It feels like they couldn't parse why she was doing the things she was doing, and that it had to just be temporary insanity. Yep. There's there's another part of her interlude with Ben Affleck. It's more about him. 
that so they have they have sex on the hay. Yes. And hay bed. And to be then, clear, there is no hay in this bed. I there's no hay in the bed. This is no just good. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're just on regular sheets. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know. There was a moment. This is not what I was about to talk about, but I did feel for Anne Hathaway doing nudity for this movie. I know. <laughs> like, I know. Why? I, like, uh, I mean, uh, doesn't have to bear both breasts. I guess. I guess. Uh, <laughs> We can, thank, half, we can thank casual breast cancer for that one. Yeah. Uh, uh, there's just so, a little bit of casual nudity in this movie that, in that case, makes me sad. But in the second the second time it happens, makes me smile. Oh, it's great. The second time it happens is wonderful. <laughs> but before we get there, yeah, yeah. yeah. So there, they've had they've had sex on the bed, and uh, and then Ben Affleck's pillow talk is exclusively about his dead wife. <laughs> exclusively, it's like, oh. You had breast cancer? Well, my dead wife had breast cancer. Oh, you you giggle? Sometimes my dead wife giggles. Like, what? <laughs> Who taught you how to do this, Ben? <laughs> yeah. That's, that's a real buzzkill, my friend. It's a buzzkill, my friend. It's just working some stuff out. Yeah. So this might be a good time to mention the thing which we both know because we saw it on IMDb, and that is that the alternate actor, the actor that Ben <laughs> Affleck replaced... Is our buddy and co-host, Mr. Nicolas Cage. (laughs) He was almost in this movie and in a role that I would have loved him in. Because guess what? Ben Affleck's boring. Guess who's never boring? Never boring. He would have Uh, been bringing so much electric, uh, crazy-ass magnetism to every scene. It would have been wildly inappropriate. Impossible to look away. It would have been. It would have been like he was in a separate scene from the scene that he was in. But like that's what I needed. That's what the the, the people needed. What I love about that information is two things: one, being able to picture Nicolas Cage delivering all of Ben Affleck's boring lines. Two, there is that scene where the secretary is telling Ben Affleck that he's going to be president someday, and picturing. Nicholas Cage at like age 55 the way that he is with his like fucking zigzag hairline that you you Nicholas Cage are going to be the president of the United States someday because of what a powerful imposing and regal figure you are <laughs> you know that there would have been shouting like that's the thing oh, is yeah. like this movie for all of its like ramped up energy that it's trying to bring to the table I just think there needs to be more yells. <laughs> and I think it would have benefited from like... He would have brought that. Yeah, 20% more yelling, which could have just exclusively been his character. Huge mistake. Uh, I don't. It's often, it's not often that he passes on a role. So how the hell did that happen? I don't know. Plus Netflix uh, money. That's just like... Do you think somebody just chloroformed him and didn't let him do it? Oh my God. Do you think that he did a worse movie instead? Because that seems probably. like the most likely outcome. <laughs> he probably did three worse movies. Yeah, he instead. was probably like, well, this it takes four months to film. And for those four months, I'm creating four new cinematic masterpieces. So <laughs> it's just a numbers game. I also, I like how this movie is willing to have Ben Affleck come and go without explanation. Like, Yeah, what is he's... he? What is he? <laughs> is he a politician? It's... Is he a fucking, like, he's... He's just he sort of seems a to work for the State Department or Department of Defense. It's not clear, uh, but like he's at he's at this hotel. He just appears when 
Yeah, he appears with no to be like, people, no one helping. Anne Hathaway, we're taking you home. Yeah, and then she gets shot at, and uh, the and the other dude, the French dude, takes her away, and we have like eventually told the end where Ben Affleck was, but like you're, it's. I feel like the movie should offer you some explanation other than he's just not here today. Yeah. And then she goes back to him at the hotel and is like, this other bad thing happened. He's like, okay, great. We'll take care of you. Going to disappear again for a while mm-hmm. without explanation. And then going to murder you at the end. Yeah. Hey, that's how the movie ends. Yeah, what's he doing? Fucking, I don't is know. There he's like, just chilling by the pool. There's like a second, more boring movie that's just following Ben <laughs> Affleck around all day. And I'm only intrigued because I don't see him. But I think if I were to see him, it would be the worst thing. Because it's just him yes. propped up like... Like a mannequin leaning up against a wall, just in different areas around San Jose. Mm-hmm. And you get, uh, so Ben Affleck, then like after the assassination attempt, he's like, well, we're going to get you out soon. Yeah. And then I don't remember if there was like an explanatory transition to this or not, but then Anne Hathaway's just working for tiny Toby Jones. Oh my God. At his beachfront hotel. Yeah, he basically puts her in, like, I guess undercover. She's now, like, a housekeeper working for some guy. She's got an alternate name because they've given her a fake passport. So instead of being whatever her character is, like, Elena, now she's Elise, blah, blah, blah. She's, like, just scrubbing down surfaces. But the (laughs) the real charm of this whole section of the movie is... Just how disorienting it is to see Toby Jones <laughs> with like a cowboy accent, like yes, like have you ever seen him play as a, a non-Brit, as a, a gay queen cowboy? Yeah, uh, I have. Really? I have. I've seen him play Truman Capote. Oh, which is like a very good fit. Oh, uh, but yeah, it's rare. It's yeah. rare. He's usually a little Brit. Mm-hmm. In this case, he's like a little gay queen cowboy. Yeah. Uh, who does coke at the pool with a naked man? He does. Which is fun. Good for Toby Jones. Good for Toby Jones. Uh, <clears throat> this movie is... Then he's just murdered. This like, movie is not like a sexy movie. Um, it's not trying to be. But the, which makes it really funny when like he's got his like little, I don't know, his kind of kitschy poolside bar situation. He's just upstairs with Anne, Hathlo- Anne Hathaway looking over the pool, having a conversation. And then they just cut down to a very like young muscular dude who just drops trow and dives into the pool mm-hmm. yeah there's some pain in this movie there's and just, I, I value it yeah it's just it i didn't expect it it tickled me mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. yeah absolutely they I'm saved all they the nudity it. basically for that moment and it's very casual and then it just then it's just gone back into the pool from whence it came yeah and then he's and then toby jones is just murdered in the head uh Big time. And the number of times that Anne Hathaway runs away from people in this movie is, it's borderline absurd. I gotta uh, hand it to her. You know, some people can't run on screen. She is fucking hauling ass in her running. <laughs> She's booking it. Some yeah. people, they phone it in. They just kind of get that, like, that tracking shot or, like, that moving shot that makes them look like they're running faster so they can do a short little spurt and be done. She is fucking running, like, full charging in all of these scenes. Because she is yeah. James Bond. Right. She, I mean, Anne Hathaway never phones it in. But she couldn't in this case because, yeah, because she's a Jason Bond. Because she has a second <laughs> movie coming up state. where she has to reprise mm-hmm. this role. Yeah. Uh, so that's the movie. That's the movie. Uh, um, did, 
Did you have favorite parts? High points uh, or low points? You know, I feel like low points... Low points are just all the moments from Willem Dafoe is on screen because I really like Willem Dafoe and mm-hmm. I love a creepy Willem Dafoe. Like nothing is quite delicious as watching him just like ooze around on screen because he's great at that. He's very sinister. But in this movie, it feels like he's just someone's kind of shitty uncle that you wish wouldn't make a mm-hmm. speech at a wedding, you know, and then he does and you're like, eh, that wasn't not great. Yeah. Totally unnecessary. Such a waste. It's a a waste. waste. That's definitely a low light for me. Uh, Peeing in the pool was a highlight because it caught Mm -hmm. me off guard right at the end Mm -hmm. when I was getting the most frustrated and it was just really funny. Um, How about when this movie fucking blows up a dog on screen? Oh my god! Oh, the dog! Why the dog? Yeah, you have to watch a dog explode. You have to watch a dog explode, guys. Don't watch this You have to watch a dog actually explode on screen for no reason. Doesn't even matter. It's not to build character details about anybody that you ever meet again. No, it's a guy it's that's just on to blow for up a dog. Seconds. It's torture porn for a dog. Yeah. Yeah, you just see uh, him blow up a dog, and then it's next scene. It's so unnecessary. Ugh. That everything about that guy in that scene is very weird. I want to talk about it. Oh yeah, he just uh, does like a Spanish lullaby for no reason, and then he. That's. It goes that's on forever. Not Span- that's not a Spanish lullaby. What Michelle. the fuck is that song? So there's there's two things about this. One, when he meets Anne Hathaway. He yeah. says, smells like Christmas, makes you Mrs. Claus. Crazy thing to say in the first place. Yeah. Unrelated to the action. And he sings, uh, as he's kissing bombs and guns, uh-huh. he sings the theme song for Have Gun Will Travel, a TV show that nobody over the age of 75 has seen. I know about it because my dad used to talk about it and used to oh. sing that song. But Why? Oh. Why? It, Have Gun Will Travel is also the end credits music. Why? Why? What's the... What, who's that for? Everybody who's seen that show is... I mean, either dead or very nearly. Yeah, or what not watching doing? this movie because clearly... We're not watching this movie. Yeah. That's so weird. Yeah, and the thing about it is like... He's he's creepy. He's humming along as he's inspecting the guns, and he's it's just this guy. He's like a thug. He's supposed to be kind of an imposing character. He blows up a dog, but um, mm-hmm. it's like he starts singing this little song, which I assumed was just some kind of like the way he's singing it, like a children's song or like something cal- calm and peaceful. I don't know. But then they let him sing like the whole song. Like the it doesn't. It doesn't actually stop. Really the it whole continues theme song on. To, they like ex- have gun will travel. Yeah, they extend the scene long enough that he finishes the song. So I'm glad you know what it was. It's a yeah. It's a '50s western. It's like a contemporary of Gunsmoke. Very weird. I, very weird. It's very weird. A lot of this very movie weird. is very weird. Um, yeah, it's got a weird relationship with needing to mention gayness. Just so much gayness, mm-hmm. but making mm-hmm. you feel a little weird about it. I don't know. It's just. It's a movie that just needed to get a handle on whether or not we care about the person who's on screen most of the time, which you really just don't. And you she, don't. but she's trying so hard. Like in every scene, she is harnessed. She's it's cranking it up to a ten on the emotional meter. She is definitely bringing the tears and the traumatic, distant staring, and yeah. Anne is giving it her best. It's just not it's, salvageable. It's a very bad movie. But it's also like the kind that is absolutely worth passing on. Just 
Yes. Read the shitty review by whoever you like to read reviews from and take them at their word. There are two things that I genuinely loved in this movie. Yeah. Outside of the crazy metaphors and the fact that Anne Hathaway is a born style <laughs> secret super spy in a few <laughs> I state. love that. One is that after she learns that her dad has died, she orders this sad meal oh. of a plate of bacon and a chocolate sundae. Yeah. And she's like taking bites of bacon and eating the sundae. And I don't know. I like that. It that worked funny. for me. Ben Affleck walks in and he's like, last meal? Like, that is a last meal. That's mm-hmm. definitely what's happening. There's... There's a second thing. This is my number one favorite thing. It's the only time I laughed in this movie. So there's a there's a, a character who I'm going to call the tall Senate boy. He's in this movie. Yes. For for bits and pieces of it, you see him. You never really get to know him, but he's he looks like a character from Veep. He's like a, he's a, he's a tall Senate boy. Absolutely, I know exactly uh, who you mean. And uh, he's being discussed by Ben Affleck and uh, and the the cabinet secretary, and you get this cutaway shot. To tall Senate boy standing next to a dark car, and the window rolls down. Oh, yeah. And inside the dark car is a man in a Santa hat. And, <laughs> and then the tall Senate boy hands him a rolled up blanket. And the fucking dude in the Santa hat has the window roll back up and drive away. And we later find that the rolled up blanket is full of guns or whatever. And like, one, why is the tall Senate boy handing guns to this man? Oh my God. Two, why is he wearing a Santa why hat? Why is he wearing Three, a... why is this in this movie? <laughs> yeah, because that guy, it's the guy it's the guy with the or- yellow sunglasses, right? The yellow tinted yeah. glasses who's clearly yeah. like a kingpin that we never meet. Like, yeah, we, no. we see him several times get stuck in traffic and shoot at some mm-hmm. people, but he's never, he doesn't, like, talk. He's right, just never hear him talk. He's, he's just an imposing, sometimes. sinister character that, like, walks through a scene, basically, with a gun. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah, but, oh my god, I can't believe I forgot about the Santa hat. I thought I was, I thought I was it making it It feels like it you're up. hallucinating, right? It doesn't seem real, but it's absolutely real. Yeah, the Santa shit in this movie, eh? <sighs> Is this just like secretly a Christmas movie? Like <laughs> yeah. <just laughs> the darkest, weirdest Christmas movie oh, you've ever man. seen. Oh, man. This is really funny. <laughs> this is so good. If, uh, if he could be a character in this movie? Oh, wait. I No, Michelle, hold on. There's 16 plot keywords to tell you. Oh, 16, eh? <laughs> there are 16 plot keywords. One person um, watched this movie and decided to contribute is, to the internet. It is rare that I... We'll read all of them. But there's just 16. There's only 16, though. We got time. Journalist. Newspaper. Yeah. Quitting a job. Okay. Hmm. Arms dealer. Sure. Secret government agency. Okay. Mm-hmm. Dying wish. Maybe. Okay. Death of a father. Based on novel. Female protagonist. Reference to John F. Kennedy. Okay. Pistol. Okay. Year 1984. No opening credits. Reference to Zsa Zsa Gabor. <laughs> Female nudity and bare breasts. Yeah, hell yeah. I can't believe And that honestly, no bare breasts. Single. Single breasts. Mm-hmm. Don't lie to me. Also, I can't believe that they buried that at the bottom of the list. By they, Reference I just mean to Zsa Zsa Gabor. I do remember Oh, you're talking it. about the breasts. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. The reference to Zsa Zsa Gabor even making the list is real funny to me. That's, by the way, clicking that, that is a weird list of movies. Ooh, and this is, num- this is number two on them. 
<laughs> it is... Okay, I'm just going to read it because it's wild. Yeah. A, a Nightmare on Elm Street 3 Dream Warriors. The last thing he wanted. Yeah. The Kentucky Fried Movie. Uh-huh. The Wizard. Earthquake. <sighs> Peter's Friends. <sighs> Flower Drum Song. Bless the Beasts and Children. Bombshell the Hedy Lamar Story. And Carry On Cruising. Whoa. Sorry, Jaja. That is a batshit yeah, crazy list. That's that's bleak. That's very strange. That's a lot of stuff that seems like it would be on at two in the morning on like the sci-fi network. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Uh, but you ask a good question. Yeah. If I was going to be a character in this movie, who would I be? I don't know the answer, personally. I'm going to have to... I'm, I'm going to be her daughter, because she gets to move back to Malibu, where she's on the beach and has a tennis court. And three cars. And three cars. <laughs> yeah. Weird. I mean, Toby Jones does die at the end, but his life does not seem bad. His life seems great. I mean, he's yeah, got he like this kind of like headshot. That's yeah. gonna go. Yeah, he goes painlessly. He gets like he gets some pool times poolside strange. He's got like a fun tacky bar that he just hangs out in his Ray Bans all day, just like sipping up rum cocktails. Mm-hmm. There's worse things you could be doing with your time. You're right. You're right. You know, he's a good call. He's fun. He doesn't really even need to be in this movie. I feel like. No. His scene could have disappeared and everything about the movie would have been the same because it's just a vehicle to get her away from Ben Affleck for a little while and then back to Ben Affleck for no reason. Yeah. It's like a side quest. Like the movie got a little (laughs) bit bored and it was like, well, let's just explore this one. (laughs) That's 100% right. Yeah. Uh, Stupid movie. Stupid movie. But like also a little bit... um, it's it was an overreaction, I would say, to give it five percent. Just stupid movie. Yeah, it's a twenty five percent kind of movie. Yeah, absolutely. Just standard shitty movie that blends in with all the rest. Don't. Well. <laughs> Sorry, unhappy. That's, that's it. I think you're mostly in good movies. You're doing fine. She's doing uh, all right. Until next time, I'll be Henry. Yeah, I'll still be Michelle. And experiment and fast forward into the future of us. <laughs>